When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to Big Gay Energy. I'm Bree. I'm Theora. And I'm Caitlin. Come along with us while we dive into the fun and nuances of queer media. Representation matters and we're here to talk about it. Welcome back, friends. The BGE team has a very special guest today. Please welcome Love Bailey. We are so excited to talk to you today. Hi, y'all. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it, especially during like, the holidays and stuff. During um, Transgiving. Yes. <laughs> Not holiday. No. It's a we're very gonna, special holiday. We're going to colonize this for our own gender ex- exploration. Good. That's that's what we should be celebrating, honestly. <laughs> so looking at your socials, we noticed that you have like projects going on all the time. You're a very busy person, which is awesome. And we're wondering um, what projects are you working on right now? So I'm launching my new music video called Hornacea, and it's for a single that I wrote during the pandemic, during the Panasonic, the Pandemic Lovato. <laughs> <laughs> Um, at a time when I was really going through it with this whole Marilyn Manson thing, and we'll get to that later. Um, but this is kind of like my Phoenix rising and my claim to like find my empowerment again and to rise up through the ashes. And I made this really fun, horny track and, um, I made a music video with some of the queers that I love and, um, yeah, we're going to launch it next, next week or week or so something like that we're going to launch it Ooh. so we're really excited that's great that's so exciting um, and so soon what yes. date just in case because for the people watching and listening yeah we don't have a date yet but it's supposed okay. to be like around december 11th december 8th okay. something like that sounds so great soon. well yeah. we'll definitely post whenever yes. it is so <laughs> that. and mariano is actually in the music video come say hi <laughs> Mariano, hello. Hi. Hello. hello. So nice to meet you. Good. Yeah, I was part of uh, one of the dancers, and I helped with uh, the core. Uh, we changed this bar into this glamorous, beautiful place, nightclub, burlesque nightclub. Yeah, with like velvet, like curtains, and it was sexy. Pants. Yeah, so cool. So, so we're a small very production. Excited. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's always uh, there's always a lot of work uh, behind, like, behind the scenes. Yeah, always. So yeah, we're excited to see the how the music video 
how it turns out. Yeah. So yeah, we're excited. They're gonna watch it tonight on the big screen. So. Oh, oh, that's so fun! That's we'll have fun with that, guys. Yeah. No, the song is bomb. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so everyone go listen to it after this interview. Yeah. yeah. How has music impacted your life? Music is very healing for me. I would say my mother, she was in a rock and roll band um, before she went to prison, and I crawled up in her bass drum every time I would fall asleep. I would just crawl up there and and that's why rhythm is a part of me. So I became a dancer because rhythm is like so a part of my soul. And um, I wasn't really able, I was more into fashion and dance. And I sort of like found music um, when I needed to like find my truth and speak my voice. And like, it was so empowering me to use my voice and to conjure words and to tell about, talk about my story and my struggles through music and pair that with visuals. That's where my soul really feels um, the best. And I really feel the most liberated when I can tell my story um, through fashion, music, dance, costume, fantasy. Um, that's kind of my calling to this fucked up planet. I it mean, sounds like the perfect medium for like everything to kind of come together and just create something beautiful. Yeah. yeah, I feel like media and art is such a great outlet for everything. Yeah, totally. we all can connect. We all can relate to something. That is very some, true. Well, some of us, you know, totally. Except <laughs> the ones that are shooting down, you know, gay nightclubs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> that is the world we live in. If all of us right. would have some sort of outlet to release our pain, to release, to release our emotions. I feel like the world would be a better place. But unfortunately, um, we don't want people or the society, the man and, and the government doesn't want you to have that source of um, release. And so a lot of people are pent up and frustrated. I, and these religious groups keep pushing these agendas. Um, so it's unfortunate, but it's it's more now, more than ever, these artists, including myself, we have to come together and sh show people the way by example. So hopefully we can yeah. do that, share the love. Yeah, art has the power to change the world for sure. Um, I think that's in I, my Instagram bio. Is it? <laughs> oh yeah, I think you say that every now and again. Um, are there any artists in particular that you draw inspiration from or admire? Bye, Caitlin. <laughs> I am really um, fond of uh, Zachary Drucker. Zachary Drucker is a trans writer, director, producer. Um, she produced Transparent, a uh, mm -hmm. film that I was on. Um, and I really admire her. She's very young and she's a trailblazer in the industry. Um, but as we know, Hollywood isn't really fond of women directors and running the show, let alone a trans woman running the show. So it's kind of unheard of what she's able to accomplish. So I really admire her and I looked up to her. That's wonderful. And trailblazer. Yeah. Yeah. So a little topic switch from music. We love that you created Savage Ranch. Can you yeah. explain what it is and why it was so important for you to create this space? Well, we are here. So here is Savage Ranch. I love that staircase. Yeah, the spiral yeah. staircase. So Fantasy. Cool. In Transmegula. In Transmegula. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, Temecula, which I've colonized as Transmecula, uh, is a Republican town where there is no gay clubs. Um, there's maybe one drag brunch that happens. It's a, there's a lot of religious groups. It's a wine country. So people come to have a good time. So it's not as repressed as some other places. However, the like the core of its values is very patriarchal and Republican. So needless to say, this is a beacon of light in a town um, that doesn't really have that. Doesn't, this doesn't exist. So when I came here, my mother came here first and she started an animal rescue and she called me up. I was working as a fashion stylist in New York and she was like, come home, stop living the gypsy lifestyle. I bought a house for you up the hill and I turned it into an artist sanctuary because this land is also very magical. Um, and I felt like it's, it was very important for me to take this privilege that I was blessed with and give it and share it to the ones I love. And it's been a blessing. We've had raves here, which are so much fun and all kinds of art gatherings and workshops and artists come and stay in the bungalows. We rent it out for Airbnb. Um, on peer space, people come and do their photo shoots. So it's just a mecca of creativity. And when you're on this land, you're inspired and you can't help but want to create. And it sort of relaxes the concrete jungle. And you don't you don't think about the problems of the world when you're here in this beautiful place. So, Yeah, I think on Airbnb, I saw a listing and everything was just blue. That's the blue room in there. <laughs> Mostly everything's red. So if you see like... This is the red oh. living room and then upstairs, that's my room. So that's all red up there. But the blue room is the guest bedroom. It's so great that people have a space where they know like I'm fully accepted and safe. Yeah. Especially like traveling and stuff. You'd never know like what could happen yeah. and how people will react. My mother's a butch ass lesbian. So you can rest assured that it's the gayest thing you'll ever see. <laughs> I love that so much, especially in Texas. People need that. We actually, I mean, we're accepting of straight people, but I myself am, you know, I have a lot of trauma from straight people. Straight people can re be really mean and cruel to trans people, especially, um, and also to queer people. But so we accept, we're accepting of all, but, you know, if there is any prejudice or bigotry, homophobia, racism of any kind, like that is the door, darling. <laughs> Get on down the road, honey. So I, I'm kind of curious. So it sounds like a, just a safe haven for just like a mixture of people, artists, people who need a safe space, people who are vacationing that need a safe space or place where they're accepted, like Caitlin said. So how do people experience the ranch? Like is kind of how did that process work? Yeah, I mean, PeerSpace and, only, and um, Airbnb are the two uh, platforms that people like that are just, you know, outsiders can come experience. I do welcome people to slide in our DMs on Savage Ranch on Instagram or Love is Bailey on my Instagram. Um, and I'll give you my email. And then from there, you have to give me a proposal as to what you want to create, what body of work you want to create, why you want to come here, why it's important to you. Um, and what you want to leave behind, how you want to see the space to grow. And and we welcome that sort of energy. It's not really like people think it's a sex orgy or it's a cult or 
all that bullshit. And like, while we do, you know, allow people to explore their sexual desires in, you know, consensually, of course, um, it's not that really, that's not why I created this space. You know, I want people to have a, a purpose with whatever their intentions are and to really think about the land and think about their art um, beyond just the superficial. That's really beautiful. And I really love that. The, what do you want to leave behind or how do you want to impact the space? Yeah. That's, I love that. How do you want to impact mother earth? How do you want to yeah. take care of this land when you're gone? Well, speaking of impact that we have a big, big question for you. Yeah. How big? Um, like, no, I'll just ask it. So <laughs> <laughs> what is your legacy? Like one or two things that you would want the world to remember about you? Oh gosh. Um, I, I, I'm a Libra. So I guess the balance of being connected to your inner savage, your inner wildness, um, but also your ability to create and manifest and to nurture and to care for others and to create connectivity and community and to ignite a flame within someone's soul, someone who may be, you know, living as a zombie or, you know, working that nine to five and don't have a sense of purpose. I, I help ignite people's purpose in, on life. And through me, for whatever reason, they're able to mirror their own potential. And I want people to achieve their biggest potential and to to find that calling within themselves. So I hope I'm able to mirror that in others. I feel like we just keep saying I love that, but I, I mean, know. it's true. Uh, you promise? Yeah, like, <laughs> not enough people do that. And that's, I don't know, again, that goes back to like, how do you want to, what do you want to leave behind, like in the world? Yeah. And how do you want to impact the space around you? Like, that's so beautiful. And a lot of people have trouble tapping into that themselves. Yeah. So being like a guide to creativity, that's really beautiful. Yeah. And also like just make wanting to make a difference and yeah. positively, like with our podcast, our whole goal is to like raise awareness for queer media and just... Uh, advocate for like more and just create a safe space for people. So it's always great talking to people who are doing something like that in other spaces as well. We need rebels with a cause, you know, there's yes. like the idea of punk has transformed and now it's like cooler to be, it's more punk to be uh, someone who's like helping advocate for others and helping save this fucked up situation. I think to me, that's more punk than someone who's actively like trying to d destroy every system. And like, it, you know, we have to yeah. like come together and bring people together to help us in this weird transition right now, because the world is going through a transition and it's going to be really uncomfortable before it gets better. Um, but we need more forward thinkers, more inventors, more um, visionaires to come forward and to help us out of this really dark time. So I hope we can all do that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Focus on building versus tearing things down. Please. Cause some days it just seems so difficult. Even on social media, this idea of cancel culture, like everyone thinks they're a social warrior. Everyone thinks they're calling out somebody and holding them accountable and while I, 
you know, advocate for people to use their voice. And I've counseled Marilyn Manson, we all know. It's like there is a time and a place when that is very necessary. But as a whole, we have taken it too far. And there are times when I've come out about, you know, advocating for trans people to get the medical surgery they want. All of a sudden, the non-binary community comes out of the woodwork to cancel me. And it's it's strange because it's usually like these cis men with long hair that are like the new hippies. And now they know more about my experience than I do myself. And so now they're like pointing the finger at me. And I'm a trans woman talking from my own experience, my own lived experience, what I would like to see and how I want to advocate for that. So we have to, when we're like the leftist has become so much more rigid now, we have to like understand that balance in life because cancel culture doesn't work. If you want to like be a social justice warrior, go out and vote, go out and like, you know, be the mayor, be the person who's in charge of X, Y, and Z, like go out into these arenas where none of us exist. Like that's going to make change versus like you talking into a bubble with people who are get, p patting you on the back saying, Oh yeah, how dare that person do that something. It's not going to do any change. It's not going to do any good. So that's what I hope for, like, in terms of cancel culture. I feel like people think there's, like, a right way and a wrong way. And, like, but there's, like, yeah. no area around it. Kind of like gender in itself. Like, yeah. there's no deviation from that, but that's not realistic. Gender has become so rigid now that it doesn't leave room for exploration. It doesn't make someone who's questioning themselves want to explore because now it's, like, Oh, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, you know? Yeah. It's like, who am I, who, who am I to say what your expression is or who you are? That's not up for my interpretation. That's up for you to figure out. Yeah, and I feel like it's important, like you said, like to listen to people with the, for their experiences because everyone has a unique experience, a unique yeah. journey through life. And like, we need to we should be listening and not like, Yes. projecting onto other people's yeah. experiences totally. starting to get a little like angry because like whenever we talk about these things i'm just like god like it's so frustrating it, yeah. it is it is <laughs> it's okay to be mad but we can't be bitter we're too pretty for yeah that. totally <laughs> <laughs> love it all right so to segue just a little bit, I guess kind of on topic. So um, one of your Instagram posts states that your transition was a radical act of self-love. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey with that? So in order to transition, at least in America, America, <laughs> America. Yeah. you have to deem yourself gender dysphoric. And it's sort of a backwards way of saying you're crazy. You're cuckoo crazy and you need this surgery to help you with your cuckoo crazy syndrome. And I, as much as like, I will sign up for that and I will tell them what they want to hear so that I can get my free surge. Um, at the core of my transition, I don't feel crazy. I don't feel cuckoo. I don't feel delusional. I don't feel like I, I have mental illness because of that. I think my mental illness comes from society and when people cost me in the Ralph's fucking shopping center for using my designated bathroom, telling me I need to use a men's restroom, I'm now having to deal with that rage from that person accosting me. So that's where my mental health is. It's not from my sense of identity. 
So when I say my sense of identity is a radical act of self-love, it is, it's a courage, it's a calling to be who I want to be. It's me taking that leap of faith saying, this is who I am. And to me, that's a radical act of self-love. I love it. Yeah, we're like trying to say, not say I love it. But yeah, (laughs) thank you for sharing that. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry that people do stuff like that because yeah, you don't deserve that. And nobody does just for being you. It's for going piss. Yeah, for trying to be. I'm trying to pee, goddammit. I know. <laughs> and get my avocados, okay. Oh my gosh. Well, since we were on the topic of America, okay. uh, what has been your experience been like being trans in America specifically? I know you just talked a little bit about it, but. Terrible. <laughs> Appalling. Um, embarrassing, humiliating, degrading. Um, yeah. <laughs> but thanks to Obamacare, I have new breasts. Thanks, Obama. Thanks, Obama. That's great. We love you. <laughs> you do. Yeah. So yeah. that's my experience. <laughs> Hopefully, well, we're sorry better. that that has been your experience in America. You know, like, that's why we have to stay so close to our queer bubbles, because that is where I feel love. That's where I feel validated, protected, um, nourished, inspired, um, is with the angels I surround myself with. However, that's not the case when you go into these public spaces where these bigots are just free to do whatever they want. And they're inspired to do that because these political leaders are inspiring people to act out and to be violent and to degrade humans for just their lifestyle choices, quote unquote, for just being, for existing, for being different, for being not the status quo. Um, These bigots are running around, you know, killing people and they're free to do that now because the political propaganda is telling them that it's okay. So that's why it's important for us to come together and to like create more of these queer safe bubbles, safe havens. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when it comes to like queer youth and trans kids. And so if you could give a message to like the trans kids across the world, like what would you say to them? Well, first of all, me even speaking on that, I'm going to be like thought of as a groomer, which is so disgusting when all of us have an inner child that we're trying to protect. So really it's not me speaking to another child. It's me speaking to my inner child and knowing what I would have wanted for myself at a young age. Um, So for one, we didn't have heroes growing up. So I had no one to mirror what I wanted to be when I was older. Um, So it took me longer to transition and find myself, which is, it's actually, you know, if I had someone, I might have transitioned sooner and it would have been easier. I would have had to gone through less surgeries to become the woman I am today. Um, Now, of course, there's this whole debate whether like surgeries are safe and hormones are safe. That's something up to a doctor. And I hope that licensed practitioners like understanding the effects on the body and can make those choices. I cannot make that for you, but I can say for myself, transitioning later, um, I had to go through more pain and suffering than if I was to 
change the effects of hormones at an earlier age. So I hope that, you know, me existing and mirroring that can help someone else make their own choices and decisions. Um, I am not trying to groom anyone into being something that I want to see. I think that's so ridiculous how they've, you know, they want to make these their children the scapegoat for everything. But while they're actually doing that, they're like putting children in concentration camps. They're kicking out their kids for their lifestyle choices, making them homeless. So when we have these holidays, you know, these kids are coming to the ranch. I have to save them. I have to feed them. I have to nurture them. I have to take care of them because the parents of bigots who are saying the same things as you're a groomer, you're a this, um, have outcasted their children. So if they really cared about kids that much, why are these kids put in concentration camps? Why are they kicking out these? Why is all the queer youth homeless if they cared so much about their child? So it's the the Hippocrates of it all. That's oh, what yes. I don't understand. Yeah, it's incredibly frustrating and the cognitive dissonance yeah. is wild. <laughs> I'm wild. over here getting more it's angry. <laughs> Um, but, um, illness of America. Yes. But, but to your point to like speaking to your, like, we talk about this on the podcast all the time when we talk about represent, like representation in the different forms. And it's always comes down to like, well, if I had this when I was a kid, this would have helped me like, and that's so important. So, you know, representation really does matter. So like, thank you for being representation force. There is somebody out there who sees you and is like, oh yes. And it helps them. It does. It makes a difference. And as much as I love like nurturing children, like I myself don't actually want to be near children. So for your bigots out there that think we're groomers, like, please keep your children away from me. <laughs> I don't want your <laughs> children you running around. I don't want to hear your child whining. I don't want to hear you yelling at your children in a public bathroom while I'm trying to take a piss in peace. Please stop. <laughs> Thanks. If you could go back to yourself like talk to yourself when you were 10 years old, what would you say? Or would you give advice or say something about your future? Yeah. I mean, as a child, I was always told that I was never going to amount to anything. Um, And I would have to say like, you know, the pain and struggling that you are suffering now is only temporary. And if you could only just like find that inner flame like you'll never be alone and you'll never, you'll always have a place to call home if you find that home within yourself. Oh my God, I well, wish they're I wrong because you're killing it. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, this is my inner saboteur, right? Oh, I love that. Oh, yeah, so everyone out there, I hope yeah. your inner child got something from that. It's mine did. Yeah. Um, okay. So to switch gears just a little bit, well, kind of a lot. Um, is there (laughs) something you have in your life that you have that you can absolutely cannot live without? It doesn't have to be a tangible thing. Ooh, well, I mean, logistically water. I mean, yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oxygen. I would have to say music, dance, fashion, glamour. Ooh, glamour, yes. I need some gla- I need glamour in my life. Yeah. I need to see. Come on. Life would be so boring without it. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Do you feel like fashion like really tells people who you are? Um, I think fashion is another form of capitalism that's been manipulated in the wrong hands of the wrong people. 
Um, however, there are artisans to this day that still work in fashion upholding the idea of fantasy and the idea of dressing for pleasure, the idea of finding your identity through fashion, um, which is very sacred. So I do think there are people, artisans that are actively working in that space to change that system. However, the way fashion makes its money and revenue and how, you know, every year a company has to keep growing or it's not doing its thing. I think that system has to be changed because it's really destroying the planet at a rapid pace. And then fashion is becoming so fleeting instead of like, you know, coveting a piece and holding that piece in your closet forever and passing it on for generations. You see fast fashion just regurgitated for the masses. And now it ends up in a landfill after you've worn it once. So when I was little, I thought you could only wear clothes once because like I always heard that on TV for some reason. And like characters never wear the same outfits. So yeah, for so long, I thought you could only wear it once. So I was like always embarrassed to wear stuff over and over. It's just the me society is weird. Yeah. We can also be more creative. Like we don't no, know like that like, you know, you could take a shirt and sew it together with another shirt tied around your waist and all of a sudden it's a skirt. Like we don't know how to do these things because we're not taught DIY anymore. It used to be more punk. You were like putting studs in your jacket, you're painting this and painting that. And if you had a converse that was like fucked up, you just spray painted it and you'd like give things new life. But we're not teaching people to do that anymore. We're like, I don't know what's going on. Like everything is so capitalism <laughs> yeah yeah and then I guess that's what it boils down to also yeah. then people lose that connection because like you were saying like f fashion is just it it loses its essence when it's just like this thing you buy and toss away versus like this thing that like can connect you to like who you are and how you feel and things like that that i feel like is very lost in translation now it's very sad i feel the best personally when I have made my piece or I've put my hands on it in some way, I feel is like a spell of liberation. Yeah. And I feel so empowered. I feel like I'm on top of the world because I've made that piece, because I've yeah. sewn it or recreated it or painted it or add my flair to it. Suddenly it's a spell of love to myself. So what we need to use yeah. our hands. They don't want us to use our hands with technology. They don't want us to know that we have this innate power. They want us to rely on these sources and spend more money. So if we can all just stop yeah. doing that and just figure out what craft we can learn or pick up, like we all have the power to do it. But for some reason we think that, oh, we can't be an artist or we don't have that. I'm not an artist. I'm not a good this, or I'm not a good that. And we put ourselves down instead of trying to discover maybe falling down a few times and feeling stupid, but ultimately finding that little creative spark, like we all have it. So it's silly to say that you're not going to be a good dancer. You're not going to be a good this. It's like, who says who? <laughs> yeah. I feel like often too, it gets tethered to like making money where it's like it, art does not have to be monetized. Like that's ingrained in us too. Like it's, it's about like feeling and expressing and just doing it. It doesn't have to be good it just, I made this, like, that's very, that's a, there's no feeling like that. Like I made this thing, you know, it has to feel good to you at the end of the day. Yeah. That's what we should all make yeah. a picture with macaroni. 
Do it. I don't know why that's what was in my head, but that's what came you out of my mouth. It. Then we can cook <laughs> it and eat it. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't paint it then. Okay. Or use glue. Yeah. Or use glue. <laughs> or glitter. None of that. So yeah. basically don't create art. Just do it. throw it in the pot. Throw in the pot. Okay, that's art too. <laughs> <laughs> it is yes it is actually art. yeah cooking is an art yeah that i'm really bad at <laughs> stop yeah. telling yourself that yeah Kayla. that is true yeah <laughs> i'll work on it oh macaroni in a pot that's some wet ass pussy <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you go. for going there <laughs> my song's called hornacea after all what'd I you know. think well <laughs> we're here for it I'm a sex siren. What can I say? <laughs> you do you. Empower everybody around you. I will. Exactly. <laughs> what are you most proud of in your life? My sheenus. <laughs> no. What am I most proud of? I don't know. There's so many things to be proud of in this world. So many things. Um, I think I'm proud of the fact that I haven't given up when everyone has told me that you're never going to amount to anything, you're not going to make a pretty woman, you're not going to become a talented singer, you're not going to do this, you're not going to do that. Um, in the face of oppression, I actually rise up and I've not quit. So I'm thankful for that. Yes, resiliency is not an easy thing to do. That is definitely something to be proud of. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, is there anything you want people to know about you as a person or as an artist? I'm a terrible person. <laughs> don't listen to what you hear. No. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think you've got a sense of who I am. Um, you know, I'm also not Mother Teresa, so don't take this and think I'm like the perfect person. You know, I go through some shit. That's why I have a therapist. We're working on cognitive therapy right now. Um, yes, therapy. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely have my mood swings. Um, and we all do. We all go through some shit. So, you know, pick yourself back up when you fall down. And, you know, that will define your character is like how fast you can get back up. Absolutely. Well, that is the conclusion of our questions. We just want to thank you so much for being here. But before we like sign off, sign off, do you have any final words for our listeners at home before we conclude? Tune in, subscribe if you liked what you heard. Follow me on Instagram, Love is Bailey, on TikTok, Love Bailey, on Savage Ranch, Savage Ranch on Instagram. I have a YouTube channel, Slather Studios, where I'll be posting my latest single, Hornacea, my music video. Um, it'll be available on Spotify, iTunes, all the things. And tune in, download, and support queer art because you know we're independent artists. We're not backed by a lot of money. It takes a lot of money and resources to do what we do. So we really appreciate your support. And with that, we've been Big Gay Energy. If you like this episode, check out all of our other episodes on whatever you're using to listen right now. And please subscribe and like all the things. 
If you happen to be listening on Apple, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review, no matter how brief. This is what Apple uses in their algorithm to uh, help us gain a wider audience. So please, please, please help us out. Yes. And please feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you about everything and anything. And if we like it, we'll probably give you a shout out on the air. You can find us at all the things Twitter at Big Gay Energy Pod, Tumblr, Big Gay Energy Pod, Instagram, Big Gay Energy Pod, or you can email us at biggayenergypod at gmail.com. Until next time, stay safe and hydrate for lesbian Jesus. <laughs>